I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. that emerge. It's like reading a novel or watching a movie with a fantastic plot twist at its end. You see, as an avid movie watcher, I am convinced that plot twists, they're not that easy to pull off. And there's nothing worse than sitting in a movie or spending hours in a book only to discover halfway through that the author or director is trying to set you up for a major shift, but they gave it away far too soon. You then have to either sit through the movie or continue reading through the book, knowing full well how this story is gonna end. Or you can do as I often do. You flip the channel to something else, or you set the book back on the shelf 
and pick up something more interesting to read. I was reading and I was thinking about this week and all of its complexities, about the characteristics of a good plot twist, trying to figure out a vocabulary that would encapsulate my emotions that I was feeling. And I came across an article that suggested that there are four components for developing a plot twist that pulls out the rug on the listener. The first was to eliminate the obvious. They write that when it comes to the climax of your story, discard every possible solution you can think of for your protagonist to succeed and then start to think of some more and then discard those too. Because what you're trying to create is an ending that's so unforeseen that if a million people read your book or watched your film, not one of them would guess how it ends. But when they finally do come to the end of it, every one of those people would think, yes, that makes perfect sense. Why didn't I see that coming? The second, redirect suspicion. They write, when you work on your narrative, constantly ask yourself what readers are expecting and hoping for at this moment in the story. And then keep twisting the story in new directions that both shock and delight them. They go on to say that to keep the reader from noticing the clues, bury them in the emotion or action of another section. For example, in an adventure novel, offhandedly mention something during a chase scene. Because while readers' our attention is on the action, it's not on the revelation. Use red herrings, dead ends, and foils. Bury clues, discussions, and something else. Number three, avoid gimmicks. Readers want an emotional investment to pay off. The twist should never occur in a way that makes them feel tricked, deceived, or insulted. Great twists always deepen, never cheapen readers' investment in the story. And then lastly, number four right towards your reader's reaction. The way you want your readers to respond will determine the way you set up your twist. Three different types of twists all result in different reactions by readers. The first one is, no way! The second is, huh? Nice. And the third, oh yeah. You see, friends, Holy Week is about the plot twists. We gather on Thursday, albeit socially distant or virtual at this time, to share a cup, to eat some bread, to wash each other's feet. And we say that on this night, something bad happens to Jesus. We remember that he was arrested and taken away to be tried for heresy and insurrection. And this day, Thursday, sets the tone for the next gathering, which is on Friday. You see, we're sad that Jesus is taken away, but we're not yet miserable. Because we still want to have faith that the court systems will prove to be the good and honest places they are. Certainly there are some hope that our protagonist of the story, Jesus, will be found innocent and that everything that has just had happened was really just some mix-up in communication and he'll be let free. But as the service of Good Friday progresses on, we find that our range for hopefulness and justice as administered by the state, has started to wane. We're in sorrow as Jesus is condemned to death, and we are crushed as he takes his last breath and dies. Then in the midst of our journey, 
and the story of Jesus Saturday comes around. The day after a loved one dies is always odd. Everything seems to be moving forward as normal. You wake up, you eat breakfast, and you begin to attend to your daily tasks. But in the back of your mind, you're also thinking to yourself that just yesterday you put to rest the person you love. And it's an ironic moment of finality. It's the, day of your, it's the first day of your life without the one you love and you cared for so much. The day after a loved one's death is a draining day because let's face it, once death happens, there's not much more we can do but mourn and learn to move on. You see, the story unfortunately is done. There's nothing else that can be said. Main characters don't come back once they have been killed off in a novel. It's like getting attached to a character in the Game of Thrones, only to find out that they're killed in the very next episode. But friends, perhaps we shouldn't be so shocked that the Word, who is God, would be a master of words when it comes to developing the best plot twist ever told. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the story was clear for us. There were no other possible solutions. Jesus was dead. He wasn't sick in bed, leaving us the hope that someone would find a cure or a remedy. Jesus wasn't hunkering down in his house, separated from friends uh, for quite some time, waiting on a vaccine to be developed. Jesus wasn't even lost, leaving the hope that he might be found. Jesus was by all stretches of our imagination, dead. And death is always a period at the end of a life's story. And yet, today, we are some strange people because we gather this morning to worship a God who is capable of taking life's periods and turning them into commas, suggesting that the story must go on. Easter Sunday is the greatest plot twist ever told. For any other author, once you have killed off your character, there's no room to bring them back. Yet for God, the author of our salvation, the Easter story reminds us that all things, all things because of an empty tomb, are now possible. Friends, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb not to check to see if what Jesus had said concerning his resurrection had indeed come to true, she came to the tomb because she believed in the power of death. And she came with every expectation of finding Jesus still within its powerful grip. She believed it so much that when the body was nowhere to be found, it didn't cross her mind to think, gee, maybe he's alive, maybe he told the truth. No, the only possible answer she could conclude was that someone took him. Perhaps some of us have come to church this morning like Mary, expecting to encounter only what's possible, only what's right in front of our face, only what our senses can judge. But friends, today is the day where the finitude of our minds is swallowed up in the infinitude of God's possibilities. If Jesus can be raised from the dead, what else is possible with God in our lives? If this story is true, if the plot has been twisted, 
If the dead character is now alive and well, then maybe we have hope that there is more to the story of our own lives than we had once thought. Maybe the dark roads we travel down actually have possibilities of light emerging on the other side of the tunnel. Maybe the bad doctor's news we received perhaps can now maybe be healed through the power of prayer. Maybe the addictions and lusts of our hearts, our bodies, and our minds, the things that held us captive, might actually be open to the possibility of freedom. Maybe there is hope that a world falling apart, dying under our feet from climate change, might actually have the possibility of being restored. Perhaps there is a hope now that the racism, sexism, and ageism that knocks at our doorsteps and runs rampant in our communities might find their way into the kingdom that is coming on earth as it is in heaven, a kingdom whose gates are never closed and its foundation is not built with hate, but with love. Maybe, just maybe, because Jesus lives, because Jesus overcame the grave, because Jesus broke wide the gates of hell and death, because the plot twisted from what we thought was possible, maybe, just maybe, we might have life too. Friends, this is Easter and we are an Easter people. Out of all of the people in the world, we should be the last people that see things through the eyes of reality without first looking through the eyes of faith. If Jesus is alive, imagine the possibilities we now have in store. Friends, Mary didn't go back to the disciples to say, hey, Jesus is alive, and now because he's alive, I can't wait to die so that one day I might have the possibility to live again too. She ran back because she knew the story of Jesus. The story of Easter is a vindication of God's victory over the evil forces of this world. Easter is the news that evil, injustice, Satan, the devil, bad stuff, whatever you want to call it, has met its end in God's becoming flesh, dwelling among us, dying our death, and giving us new life. Jesus' death doesn't solidify the possibility of life after I'm dead or you are dead, but it's the guarantee that our new life, it can start now. Through the power of God's Spirit living in us. The plot twist of Jesus' death is also the plot twist of our lives. So you see, for John, when Jesus raises from the dead to proclaim victory, over the uncertainty and defeat of this world. So may we be Easter people. May we see the possibilities that now abound in our lives. May we claim the victory which is in Jesus. And may the impossible become possible for us all. Amen.
at the table of the Lord.